Hello, listeners. Welcome to Educational Landscapes, Lessons from Leaders. On today's episode, we are going to learn from Amy Abide. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you, Ildimu. Thank you very much for having me today. Oh, we are delighted. So to begin, what is your education leadership title or titles? I am a physician assistant at Emory Healthcare in Atlanta, Georgia, and I work clinically in the ICU at Emory. As physician assistants, we are part of the multidisciplinary team that provides care to critically ill patients in the intensive care units. Physician assistants work side by side with nurse practitioners, and collectively, we are referred to as advanced practice providers, or APPs for short. My leadership title is the PA Program Director for our NPPA or APP Fellowship Program in Critical Care Medicine at Emory Healthcare. Wonderful. I love the diversity of the work you do and how important it is for the system. So as the um, this fellowship director role, what do you do in that role? I'm glad you asked because I wear many hats in my role as program director and I'm responsible for every aspect of our APP fellowship program. My role includes everything from administration, such as researching and planning, to the development and design of both the didactic and clinical aspects of our program, to the implementation of our mission, which is to prepare nurse practitioners and physician assistants to practice critical care medicine. I'm also responsible for the collection and evaluation of our program data and outcomes. So basically I hire and train as well as counsel and motivate our APP fellows. Our program is the only duly accredited program in critical care medicine. So additionally, I host multiple meetings with other programs who are looking to establish their own critical care APP fellowships. That is amazing. And it's wonderful to hear how, because of your role, you're actually supporting other programs that are interested in having similar kind of roles. So given the breadth of things that you do, um, what skills do you use in this role? You know, I do use many of the customary leadership roles as leadership skills, such as relationship building, motivation, and networking. But I also use decision-making, conflict management, and critical thinking. I have to say that critical thinking comes really, really in handy when I'm planning multiple clinical rotations for our APP fellows while also considering the current staffing of all of our units, making certain that I'm not oversaturating our preceptors that could potentially lead to increased burnout. That is so important. I have to say also, Ilimu, that there are some skills that I use that I hadn't realized I needed. And one of those is basic tech skills, such as emailing, data management, and audio and video editing. Uh, We have so much valuable recorded material, but as you can imagine, some empty spaces in between the lectures. So 
learning to edit video and audio and to present that material in concise bites for learning is very useful. That is amazing. And I love the diversity of skills there. It's like the, yes, there's the leadership skills. There are the tech skills, there are the education skills all in one because of your role. Wonderful. So what was your journey that led to this current role? You know, that's a great question. I started off in PA school. So on the completion of PA school, I just moved to Atlanta, had a stack of resumes and just went on the job search. I was so lucky to land in Atlanta at Midtown University, where I had my first job. And I'm happy to say that I've just had my 23 year anniversary at Emory Healthcare. That that first job led to a leadership role clinically, which has now led to this current role of PA program director for the APP fellowship program. That is amazing. Congratulations on 23 years. You. So as you think and reflect on these 23 years, what do you wish you knew before stepping into your current role? That's a great question. I wish that I could go back and tell myself these things, but I would have to say finding a good mentor is something that I wish I told myself in the beginning, it seems like it is common sense. I was so focused on curriculum and clinical rotations that I didn't really stop to realize and think about how having a trusted advisor would benefit not only my role, but my entire career. Someone that can provide guidance and share real world experiences that you can't always gain from just taking a leadership class. So I I think that would be one of the things. Um, A second thing I would wish I knew, told myself, is that it's really okay to make mistakes. No one expects you to know everything especially when you're starting in a new role or a new place. As long as you are keeping the lines of communication with all stakeholders open and they know that you're trying and learning from your mistakes, you will definitely be a success. That is wonderful. And I think um, I also appreciate you doing that reflection and going, I wish I had told myself in the past. And the beauty is with this podcast that can be shared with people who are aspiring to the type of roles that you have. So wonderful. Thanks. What continuing professional development do you do to keep up with the needs of your role? You know, I'm lucky because Emory offers a lot many opportunities for continuing education, especially along leadership tracks and training. I take advantage of all of the Emory programs for continued professional development. Um, For example, in 2021, I had the amazing opportunity to participate in the Woodruff Health Educators Academy that Emory offers. It gave me such valuable information in order to promote and support my practice of teaching. 
I'm also involved in the National Society for Critical Care Medicine called SCCM, and I'm actively participating in many different initiatives within the society that lends towards um, increased networking and helping me specifically with the APP section. I'm currently involved in writing a paper to support critical care APP programs through this national society. So utilizing both local and national educational opportunities is how I continue professional development. That is wonderful. And I'm excited to hear that there's a paper. So there's more different ways that you're going to be sharing the knowledge that uh, you've gained in your work. So what advice would you give to someone interested in doing the same type of leadership role as you have? I think that's a really important question. And one piece of advice I would give is to become a really good listener to actually really listen to people and be present. I have such a tendency to think about all the things that I need to be doing, but have really realized that active listening and paying attention to the conversation can help you collaborate more effectively. It will help you build successful relationships. And also it reduces a lot of wasted work. Um, Another piece of advice that I would give is to always introduce yourself in situations where you don't know all of the people. I think networking is a huge advantage in completing tasks within your role. For example, I was recently at a workshop and I introduced myself to some folks I didn't know. And one of them was an airway equipment rep. And through that connection, I now have a new educational platform for our trainees to learn about airways and actually practice intubation with the equipment. That is amazing. Just showing the power of networking and how it helps not just you, but your learners. So how do you view succession planning within leadership? I've always been interested in the development of our next generation of leaders. We have over 75 graduated alumni from the program. While most of them are in Georgia, they are also spread out across 10 different states. So I think it's important to seek out and give those individuals who share my passion in training, critical care training for the advanced practice provider, an opportunity to take on leadership roles and guide them in this process. I can notice the individuals with increased interest in more opportunities and then take their passion and develop it giving small leadership tasks, eventually bringing larger larger leadership roles into the view. So I guess overall, I view succession planning as a result of mentorship. Uh, for example, we have a graduated fellow who was very interested in critical appraisal of journal medical journal articles and developed a curriculum 
uh, for our trainees that accompanied a journal club for practicing critical appraisal of the journal articles. Around the same time, I came across a grant opportunity from another program that I participate. So I encouraged her to apply for the grant and mentored her through the process. I was absolutely thrilled when she let me know she was awarded the grant. That's amazing. That is amazing. That is a wonderful um, example of the power of succession planning and also, as you said, tapping into the networks and how that can help um, those who come after you. Wonderful. Thank you. So what has been one of your greatest successes thus far? One of my greatest successes, and I am super proud of, is the achievement of postgraduate accreditation for our APP fellowship program. The Accreditation Review Commission on Education for the Physician Assistant, which is called the ARC-PA, accredits postgraduate PA programs according to a very rigorous standard of excellence in PA education. So I, our program was awarded postgraduate accreditation in 2021, and it is extremely valuable to show that our program has been rigorously evaluated and met all the standards for excellence in education. Not only does it show our stakeholders the the importance of our program, but it gives our trainees the reassurance that we are not just using them as staff, but have an organized program with a well thought out curriculum that and educational opportunities that involve protected time for learning and a thorough evaluation process. That is amazing. Um, thinking about how much work goes into accreditation, I can just imagine um, all of the work that uh, went into that. And so a big congratulations on achieving that. So um, as we come towards the, the last few questions here, what are or were your biggest growth opportunities as you reflect on your uh, journey to date? I find that I am in a constant process of growth, both in a professional and personal realm. But I have to think back, go back a little bit to one of my biggest successes, which is also the source of one of my greatest growths, which has been the accreditation process. The standards are so rigorous and learning to explain and write concisely about our program outcomes is something that I continue to work on. I think it boils down for me is learning and practicing ongoing effective communication skills is an area of growth that I will practice on throughout my career and perhaps life. Yeah, absolutely. I think we can all learn so much about different ways of communicating, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, networking, there's so many different ways to communicate. So I think that's an amazing uh, continued growth opportunity. So thinking about all that you've done 23 years at in Emory Healthcare, what do you love most about your work or what you've done so far? 
there are so many things that I love about this role. So narrowing it down to just a few things is really hard. But I would have to say, if if asked, which I am, to narrow down to a few things, I would have to say there are two things that I really love to see. And the first one involves our trainees. When we start our new trainees, they have such a look of fear and apprehension on their face. And I can really recognize those that struggle with low confidence. In fact, confidence is a data point that we collect and evaluate. So watching their growth throughout the 12-month program and the moments when the light bulbs turn on in their heads, and I can see that they are absorbing the information and then able to apply this new knowledge, skills, and attitudes towards their patients in the intensive care unit is an area that I really, really love ongoing enjoyment to see and be a part of. And I, I think back also, again, the accreditation process is so important. I have to say that development of a process for program analysis takes such significant work and intentional planning that it is very enjoyable, quite satisfying to know how to evaluate and recognize and show our program strengths to identify those areas that are needed for growth and that know that I'm a part of a dynamic place of ongoing improvements is very, very enjoyable. Oh, that is fantastic. I, I've got like goosebumps <laughs> and we're talking accreditation. <laughs> happen often but it's you know the infectious energy and excitement you have over that is it's just yes very infectious wonderful thank you, thank you. so overall reflecting on your experiences to date what would you say are your passions around education in general i would say that our trainees need the knowledge, skills, tools, and resources to thrive and succeed. My overall educational philosophy is around mentorship. And in order to provide an organized pathway, both through mentorship and educational experiences for our trainees to become autonomous providers for our critical ear, Ill, critically ill patient population. Thank you. So we recognize that you are more than your work. You know, that is just one aspect of your life. And so what are some other things you do outside of work to help you maintain joy in life and practice? Well, actually, I am a new mother and I have an eight-year-old son. His name is Jackson. And he is so happy and giggly that I love watching him explore the world around him. The way that he looks at his toys, the way he looks at his hands, he will open up 
books and start babbling out loud like he is reading to me. So staying present around him, slowing down to absorb and appreciate all the moments in the day around him definitely brings me joy. Another area that I have been really focused on lately is the practice of gratitude. For me, it takes intentional thinking or saying out loud or thinking to myself all the things that I'm thankful for, no matter how small, but an ongoing daily practice has really helped me feel more relaxed and helps wash away the stress. So those, in addition to ongoing practice of giving myself grace, are areas that I am finding daily, daily joy in. I love that. And I'm, I'm thinking about those things. It's like grace, gratitude, and baby giggles. <laughs> love it. Love what it. So as um, you know, those were the core questions that we had. Is there anything else that you want to share as you know, you think about the answers that you gave as you reflect on the work and experience that you've had so far? I, as reflecting in this opportunity, I feel so thankful and lucky to be a part of an organization that supports growth every way from education, professional, personal growth. I'm very appreciative of this opportunity and have been so happy um, speaking with you today. Oh, thank you so much. We have thoroughly enjoyed learning from you. Take care. Thank you. You